that wasn't the plan. After a long offseason filled with anticipation, excitement, and expectations, the number four ranked Michigan State basketball team took a shocking loss to James Madison on opening night. Just about everything that could go wrong for the Spartans did. They went one for 20 from three, shot 62% from the free throw line, and it led to a result that has the Spartans becoming the story of college basketball season's opening night. Uh, it's also one that has Tom Izzo hinting toward changes just one game into the season. We will break it all down and discuss the football team's much-needed win over Nebraska on episode 126 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. Hope everyone is doing well out there. I was doing absolutely fantastic for most of the day yesterday. I was locked into the IUPUI Spalding game at 11 a.m., Kyle. I was loving taking in all the college hoops. And then the Michigan State game started and that certain kind of, I don't know, stress that I feel only while I'm watching Spartan basketball returned and ultimately turned to massive disappointment as the Spartans took an unexpected L. So uh, should we cancel the season, Kyle? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> 30 more games, don't play them. Um, no, I mean, obviously last night showed some issues with this team and that, that you know, they're not where we thought they would be, but... You know, it is still one game out of 31. They are not going, they probably won't shoot one for 20 from three point range again this year. They probably won't shoot that poorly from the free throw line again this year. And James Madison's not bad. Like that looked like a potential NCAA tournament team to me. So I'm not sure at the end of the day that that loss is going to end up looking all that bad. Um, that being said, getting what they got out of really four of their starters, getting that little out of them um, besides Tyson Walker. Um, that was, that was a really, really big issue. And um, I thought some of the freshmen played okay, but it, it was, it was pretty much a one man show and um, AJ Hogard, um, Malik Hall and Jade Nakins really just couldn't do anything. And, and we spent all off season talking about all the experience and, Three of their most experienced best players um, were were almost no shows on opening night. Yeah, I mean, I was I was doing some research on James Madison yesterday, just trying to kind of get to know the opponent a little bit. And I mean, I did find that they're definitely a, a, a very quality team. You know, they're at just outside. They're at one on one now in Ken Palm, which is pretty high for a Sun Belt team. Uh, preseason Sun Belt favorites, a lot of experience, a lot of length actually for a mid major team, which I think gave Michigan State some trouble, especially with their smaller guards. Um, but strong defensively and uh, experience. So uh, brought in a couple high major transfers and guys from Boston College. So that Bickerstaff guy, you know, bit player at Boston College, but looked like an absolute stud for them last night. So. Yeah, this isn't like, you know, James Madison, people who maybe don't follow college basketball. It's not like they lost to a team, you know, ranked in the 300s in Ken Palm here. It's not like absolutely disastrous. That being said, it's not Texas Southern. Right, 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 yeah. right. So, you know, it, it's not a good thing. Obviously, this is a team Michigan State was expected to handle, but this isn't like the bottom of the barrel team. They're a projected NCAA tournament team. A lot of people have them winning the Sun Belt. So, and the Sun Belt is a mid-tier league. So mm -hmm. put all that aside. We know James Madison is a quality team. Michigan State still should not be losing to them on their home court, Kyle. And what was the last thing we talked about in the, uh, the preseason preview that we did? We, we talked about shooting, mm -hmm. you know, we talked about maybe this team could struggle with a little bit of spacing. Um, and there's certain lineups out there, especially when Jay Nagin's shot isn't going down. 
where you have limited shooters on the court. You don't have that Joey Hauser, that stretch four that you can kick it to in the corner or hit in the trail in the fast break like they did last year. And uh, if Tyson Walker is going to be the only guy that's able to break down a defense and get to the basket and he's kicking it out to lesser shooters, that's going to be a problem. That has to be A.J. Hogard penetrating, creating mismatches in the middle of the lane and then kicking it out to guys like Akins and Tyson Walker. He can't be the guy doing it all. And that was kind of like some of these lineups with the spacing and the shooting ability, I think was my number one concern from a team standpoint. We can talk about some of these individual upperclassmen in a sec here, but um, I do think that they're going to have to find ways to manufacture offense maybe differently than they did last year. Yeah, I mean, we did talk about that this team might end up missing Joey Hauser a heck of a lot more than they thought um, because, again, the value of having a power forward that can shoot the ball as well as he did, what that does for spacing and how much that helps out other guys. Uh, I thought that was apparent last night because you didn't have Joey Hauser and Malik Hall um, was not shooting. Um, and I want to talk more about Malik Hall because he's, he's, he's on the top of my list of enigmas. But, but talking about the team as of now, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just, they have a lot of non-shooters out there, frankly. Um, and some of those guys I think can turn it around, but like, AJ Hogard was not shooting, you know, Jay Nakins had an off night. He's a shooter, but um, they lost Joey Hauser. They plug in kind of Malik Hall, who I think could be a shooter, but he's not one right now. And, and then none of the freshmen or none of the freshmen that are playing are, you know, Jeremy Fears is not a shooter. Cohen Carr is not a shooter. Uh, Booker, you know, a big man. I think he's got a decent shot, but he's not, he's not a threat. You don't really have to guard him that way right now. So um, they are, you're right. They, more than I thought they would, they really struggled from a lack of shooting, a lack of shooting power. Again, I, Jay Nakins isn't going to shoot that bad all the time. Tyson Walker is not going to shoot that bad, but um, they are going to take a step back in that department, I think, from last year. And I think that was apparent. We got to have the Malik Hall conversation, Kyle. I mean, we, you said, you know, two years ago, he looked like maybe the best player for long stretches of the season. We've talked about it at length about him having these pop-up moments when he looks like one of the best players in the Big Ten. Last night might be one of the worst basketball games I've seen him play in the green and white. It was bad. I mean, he was reckless going to the basket. He had a couple assertive moves there coming out of the locker room in the second half when I thought maybe he was turning it around, but the shot wasn't even close. Uh, towards the end of the game, he was very clearly passing up open looks. I think his confidence was shot, and he was was just losing the ball, like going to the basket a lot repeatedly. He had that nice wide open look when he was set up by, it was either Hogart or Walker, one of the two set him up perfectly and he just leaves it short. Um, this isn't good, man. Michigan State last year could get away with these Malik Hall in and out things and still win some games, probably because of Hauser. He's the guy this year, man. You you have freshmen behind him. So I he can't do this. He has to be that guy for this team this year. And I don't think he's going to play like he did last night all season, but this better be a huge wake up call for him because this team cannot afford to have him playing like that. Yeah. You know, I, I think I spent all last season kind of, I don't know, trying to explain away his performance because he, he had a lot of tough games last season too, but he wasn't healthy. Um, and I feel like I kept kind of telling, you know, people on the podcast, but also kind of telling myself, like once he gets healthy, you know, he's going to be a good player again. He's going to be solid. Um, and, um, Thinking back to what you thought, I, I've seen him be a very good college basketball player, and I think he does a lot of little things when he's playing well. He does a lot of little things that just contribute to winning. But you know that wasn't it last night, obviously. And I'm I, first thing I asked him after the game, I said, you know, you're coming off the surgery, first game back, like you know, are you working your way back in? He said, no, I'm 100 percent healthy. This is totally me. 
So um, it's not a health issue anymore. I don't know if it's a confidence issue um, or, or what it is, but um, he does not look anything at all like the player I thought he would be or the player that I've seen him be. And, you know, um, Izzo very publicly afterwards said, I'm going to move to some freshmen. To me, the most obvious move is Cohen Carr um, from Malik Hall. And, you know, the starting lineups, whatever, we, we say this all the time, it's not that important, but um, Cohen Carr played 28 minutes last night in an overtime game. I mean, I think he could play 28 in a regulation game and um, have some of that come away from Malik Hall because I think he's given them more right now. Um, you know, maybe Malik figures it out and changes that. But for the time being, that, that's a move that makes a lot of sense to me. Do you think that's what Tom meant from his... You know, he said, start the controversy. I'm going to make change. Do you think that's the main thing he's pointing to? You know, number one, Tom says a lot of things when he's angry. And um, we'll, we'll see how much of that follows through. But I mean, his thing with the controversy is, you know, he sees this team as a lot of people do. It's like the old guys and the freshmen. And he, he, he's he been doing this long enough. He knows that people are going to be screaming for these freshmen. So when he says controversy, that's what he means is, you know, everyone's going to want him to play the freshmen. And after, after you lose your season opener to James Madison, you know, um, he knows that those calls are going to be loud. Um, so that, that's what he meant by controversy. But, you know, he said he's playing. Um, he wants to play freshman more. So um, Cohen Carr had 14 and six um, in his, his college debut, uh, shot five or six from the field, uh, played the last four minutes, I think, of regulation and the last several minutes of overtime. He's already playing big minutes. He's already in there in winning time. Um, and he's just he's just making a lot of plays. Like he, he has a nose for the ball. Um, he finishes well, he can get through traffic really well. There's already been so many times where he gets the ball. I don't know how he can get to the rim and he somehow goes over around or through a guy, um, and, and finishes. So, um, he's just a guy that I think you need on the floor. Uh, he's a good rebounder, but I think he could actually be a an even better rebounder um, than he has been. And um, again, this is not closing the book on Malik Hall. Um, I, I'm still holding out hope for him, but the way he's playing now, um, and, and this, it's not just yesterday. I mean, I, I thought he was decent against Tennessee, but Hillsdale, he didn't look great. Um, I watched him play a couple, you know, um, a scrimmage too. He didn't look great. And, and Izzo was calling him out in the preseason, if you remember. I think we talked about that on the pod saying, I need to see more from Malik Hall. So this is, everyone's allowed to have a bad game. Um, but I think this is, this is more than that at this point. Yeah. And we're not saying that Tom Izzo is going to completely abandon Malik Hall. Like that's not going to happen. He's going to be in this oh, Some people want it to, but. No, well, yeah, not. but we, we know how people are, Kyle. I mean, people love, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. We jump to reactions. It's a long season, but you know, Malik Hall is going to play for this team. So he's just going to have to be better, but maybe with a few, you know, a, a lesser role and reduced minutes and not putting as much on him, maybe he won't press as much. And maybe he'll just kind of find that that fluidity in his game. You know, Joey Hauser had to go through similar things in the past. So, um, you know, maybe they find it. And if this team's going to reach its ceiling, they are going to need Malik Hall. But I think on the macro level, I think the biggest thing that was so disappointing about last night was just the upperclassmen just didn't seem ready to play. I mean, yeah. when Michigan State got back in the game, who was it that kind of gave them that spark? It was Cohen Carr, yeah. But it was also, you know, Jeremy Fears and Trey Holloman coming in and, and kind of having that three-quarter court pressure defense and just kind of like speeding James Madison up a little bit and uh, just kind of getting the game more like in Michigan State's favor. And I think uh, it was just like we shouldn't have to have the – or Michigan State shouldn't have to have the like, – underclassmen being the ones coming in, bringing the energy. Cause this is two games in a row. Now, if you count the Tennessee game where the starters have come out completely flat and you got Duke next Tuesday, you come out flat against Duke. Good luck coming, coming back against that team. 
So like, it's just, it's just disappointing. I think off the jump here of this team that has so much experience, they've been battle tested, they've had the ups and downs, and here they are at sort of the pinnacle of their time together at Michigan state. And the start of the season has just been lackluster. They don't seem to have the energy or, or they're not grasping how big the moment is for the program and for their tenures at the school. It's just, and Tom's talked about leadership repeatedly. Like, where's it going to come from here? Because something has to give. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is. You know, I, I thought AJ Hogard, um, I mean, Jaden Akins didn't shoot well, but he rebounded well. I didn't think he played terribly, but Hogard, um, you know, I, I think they need more out of AJ Hogard too. Um, I, obviously they do. They, um, made some key mistakes late. You know, he follows that three-point shooter there um, and, and kind of let James Madison back into it there at the end of regulation. And um, like you said, just was not getting downhill, um, using his body to force his way to the rim. I mean, they got to the free throw line a bunch. Um, but, um, yeah, just was not playing the way that they need him to. So, uh, but at the same time, like, I don't know, is Jeremy Fears ready for a much larger role? Um, I, I, he does a lot. He passes pretty well. He defends well. He's not there offensively. Um, and I think he will get there, um, but he's not there offensively right now. Just five minutes for Xavier Booker. I know Tom mentioned, you know, a bad matchup maybe for him because it's a, kind of a smaller team. They have a bunch of wings who are kind of quicker. You can see with Booker, he doesn't quite have that intensity level that he's going to need to like where he's actually coming hard and setting screens and actually sprinting to the basket to rebound or he's just kind of like going through the motions like of where he was the best player on the floor or one of the best players on the floor all through high school. He doesn't seem to be doing things with the zip that he needs to. But when you talk about shooting, you know, we have seen him step outside and make shots as a stretch four. you know, if he could just kind of settle into the game, I think he could be somewhat of the answer for the shooting there and maybe spacing the floor out. If he's not going to rebound though, it's not going to matter. Right. And you could see last night why Tom doesn't trust him. Yeah. I mean, it was like a couple minutes into his first shift. He kind of haphazardly reaches out one arm for a rebound, you know, doesn't doesn't get it. And a James Madison player scoots right around him and grabs it. You know, that's the, that's the sort of stuff that um, will get you pulled immediately um, if your time is. So fix that and we can talk about him maybe contributing to the offense. But, um, the, you know, you, you got you got to you got to play harder. You got to be more physical before uh, before that happens. They were out rebounded on their home floor by a mid major. So that's that's not gonna fly with Tom Izzo. Go ahead, Matt. Can we just talk about how James Madison is now the center of the uh sports universe here? I mean, you get the upset against Michigan State and you got a football team that wants to wants to go bowling. They don't want to put up with this transition to the uh the FBS level or the you know top level. So uh, yeah, I mean, they got it going on down there, James Madison. <laughs> Our The fourth president is so happy. He's jumping around in his grave down there, James Madison. He's <laughs> he's going nuts. They have him ranked ahead of Notre Dame, right, in the poll this week? Is, is that? But, uh, yeah, I mean, James Madison was solid, man. I mean, they, they played a perfect game. I mean, they really did. They made a lot of tough shots. Every time it looked like Michigan State was pulling away or Michigan State was taking control of the game, they snapped right back and did a really nice job. So, I'm taking nothing away from James Madison. And you see all the cupcakes that people were playing last night. This wasn't a cupcake. So let's just say that. I mean, give credit to Michigan State for at least playing a somewhat decent team here. They shouldn't have been the first game, though. I mean, if, if you get a do-over and everyone can can second-guess the scheduling. Like, like, so they've got Southern Indiana on Thursday. They're like 330-something, I think, in Ken Palm. That'll be a get-right game for them. Um, but... Like, I, I think a lot of the shooting had to do with it's the first game. 
you know, when they they stopped playing Champions Classic first team, because I'm sure you remember, Brandon, those teams are always awful because teams just aren't very good in their first game. So um, I, if I would guess that Izzo is maybe trying to get the 300 Ken Palm team um, in for the opener next year instead of a good potential NCAA tournament mid-major um, and, and swap that around, which I'm sure people know they played that game because Tom Izzo's nephew is a James Madison assistant coach. And I'm sure that's, you know, that's just kind of how the um, how it got slotted in it being the opener. But uh, maybe a, maybe a um, an awkward Christmas this year um, in the in the Izzo household. <laughs> Last thing on basketball, people are panicking. It's one game into the year. Uh, I don't know what I think what we can say that this team is not a top five team right now. And maybe their ranking in the preseason was a little bit elevated thanks to their March Madness run last year. Um, you know, we talked about it. This was a team where the core was you know, a mid-tier top 25, 20 level team. Are they still that? Or do they still have the, the ceiling to, to get higher than that? Uh, they definitely have the ceiling to get higher than that. And I think the freshmen um, will determine if they get higher than that. Because you're right. I mean, they, this core has played a lot of games. And um, I, I think, you know, like you said, they're kind of a lower end top 25 program. But if you can get Cohen Carr and Xavier Booker and Jeremy Fears contributing a little bit more. I, I think that's how you take the next step. So if you're looking for a silver lining, I think the way Cohen Carr played um, on Monday should be should be pretty encouraging. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a long season. I mean, people know that the national title team lost to Wright State. Um, um, a, a lot of good Michigan State teams have lost games, games like this. Um, People move on. You'll get right against uh, Southern Indiana on Thursday, and then and then see what you got against Duke. This is not the end of the road, but yeah, certainly not the not the start anybody expected though. And to that point, they dropped a twenty four in Ken Palm, so uh, quite the drop there for Michigan State. But it's a long season, you know. And and literally, Malik Hall played the worst game I've seen him play as a Michigan State Spartan. AJ Hogard played one of the worst games I've seen him play as a Spartan. Jade Nakins, despite the eleven rebounds played one of the worst games I've seen as a Spartan. And those three are going to be better. They just are. Like, there's no way they're going to be this bad all year. No. And like one for 20, like, is preposterously bad shooting. Like, this is this team shooting-wise will take a step back, but it will not be like a, you know, this bad of a shooting team. So there you go. I mean, not the start that basketball fans who have struggled through a long football season were hoping to be the shining light to give them some happiness here, but... It is a long way. It is November 6th uh, or no, November 7th. Sorry. So a uh, lot of time left in the season and Michigan State, you know, we'll see. They're going to have a week from now. If they beat Duke, we're having a whole different conversation, Kyle. So, uh, you know, things can change fast, fast in the college basketball landscape. So uh, don't panic yet. I'm sure Tom and the boys will be having a fairly interesting practice uh, the next few days, Kyle. So uh, hopefully Tom's in a better mood the next time you talk to him because he was pretty disappointed last night, but it'll be interesting to see if things change, uh, at least the personnel and usage standpoint on Thursday. Uh, hey, let's go back to happy news. Michigan State football. Matt, they're getting a dub. Six straight losses. The losing streak is over. Michigan State takes down Nebraska 20-17 to on senior day at Spartan Stadium. And yeah, you know, Nebraska, whatever, but they had been a hot team. Uh, you see both young quarterbacks in here making an impact. And, and finally, for the Michigan State football fans, something to cheer about. Yeah, I mean, it's a long overdue win. I think I mentioned this last week, uh, the team that had earned and deserved a win, but, um, you know, you got to actually do it, and they finally did. So, you know, kudos to Harlan Barnett, his staff, and all the players who've stuck through a 
basically impossible situation for the last couple months and, and managed to not just fold up and, and call it quits for the year. Um, I mean, there was energy there, were, you know, start to finish from them. Uh, a few more fans in the crowd than I probably even expected, but great crowd, man. Great crowd. They, they needed that. Um, both, you know, from, I think a mental standpoint to, to have something to celebrate. And also, you know, you're gonna, gonna make a bowl game. You gotta, gotta win the last four. So, uh, <laughs> there's one, um, <laughs> I don't know if they'll get to two. Um, three looks like a long shot and four looks impossible. So, um, yeah, I, either way, um, you know, senior day, those guys uh, that are playing their last game at Spartan Stadium got to go out with the win and and, and all that. So, uh, yeah, Harlan Barnett, who brings a smile every every Monday to his press conference, uh, had reason to to actually have one this, this uh, well, yesterday. I was happy for just the kids, man, and Harlan, of course. You know, he's been there for a long time and has put in his his dues and his work, and he deserved to have a moment to to get a win like that and celebrate. And I you know, saw Izzo give him a big old hug on the field. That was a cool moment. And just the seniors, you know, guys like, you know, Montori Foster and Trey Mosley, I know he didn't play, but Nick Samak, you know, these guys who have – They've been through a lot in their tenure at Michigan State through COVID, through the 11-win season, through the Mel Tucker stuff, through the tunnel, through whatever, man. It's been a pretty wild, you know, four or five-year run here. And just to see them at least have a moment to walk off that field of the last time as winners, uh, I was I was really happy for the kids because they, you know, say what you want about how this team has performed or how this season has gone. The kids, they didn't deserve any of this, you know. So it was, it was awesome to see uh, them just respond and, and get a win. If you want to look on the field – you know, the, the quarterback thing was interesting with, with, you know, Sam Levitt comes in, makes the the touchdown pass there, and then we don't see him the rest of the game. Kaden Hauser has the early touchdown. We see Kaden Hauser getting out there using his legs a little bit. I know the redshirt question still out there with Sam Levitt, but uh, I don't know. The, I think it was probably the most complete game we've seen from the two young quarterbacks, and uh, we saw Jalen Thompson on the edge out there. Obviously, Jordan Hall still making plays. Like, we are starting to see some of these young guys that Michigan State, or at least Mel Tucker, was going to be – counting on sort of get in there and, and see what the hype was about for, uh, you know, the, from a recruiting standpoint, I guess the question will be now, like, are they all going to stick around? Cause if they do, I don't know. It looks like you got kind of the makings of a decent core. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be priority number one for whoever the next head coach is, is to retain the young talent they want to retain. Obviously Jordan Hall is part of that. Um, Jalen Thompson got to say, did not see that that coming. Um, you know, guy wasn't even getting on the field defensively, and all of a sudden he's starting and with what two sacks and yeah, I mean, just impressive development from him. We talked to him last week, you know, smart young guy, and man, uh, you know, for they signed three four-star defensive ends in the class. He was the the least heralded of the three. Um, and he's the one making plays for the three. So yeah, impressive performance by him. And then, you know, obviously you get Chance Rucker, Dylan Tatum, you know, Mangum Spencer safety. You know, there's, you need to know who you need to – there's a, there's young talent you're going to want to keep. Otherwise, you know, you don't need to do the whole portal thing, like, uh, you know, the revamp. You know, I, I, there obviously will be turnover, but I, I don't I don't envision a Deion Sanders uh, type of roster remake. Uh, but, uh, you know, and as far as the quarterback thing uh, – is really interesting. Uh, I was, I was really surprised. Um, I was a little. The usage was surprising, and then more surprising was that they brought out Sam Leffitt after the game to talk to the media, and he basically is like, "Yeah, you know, I don't know." That basically, 
that might be the last time I ever play here for this program. I mean, he didn't say it, but I mean, that's what he's, you know, when he asked if he would shut it down and take a red shirt, that's, and he said he's undecided. I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. Uh, Kyle wrote about that post game. So if, if he's not going to answer that question, no, I feel like you don't bring him out there. Hey, Hey, it's uh, <laughs> I'm not complaining. I don't think you were <laughs> good copy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Let's go. This is good for us. Don't, don't deter this Kyle. We need this accent. Well, here's here's my question, you know, for Matt. Like, I get like the um, obviously your goal is to win um, every game, and and that's going to drive all your decisions. But don't you think you needed a place a little bit more kind of value in Sam Levitt has four games, and if we're going to put him in there, let's try to get him some actual run and burn a game. You know, I'm looking at his game by game now. You know, two passes against Maryland, four against Michigan through two passes against Nebraska. Like, I I feel like I saw enough out of him that it's like, hey, that's interesting. But I, I don't know. I don't – do you guys feel like we definitively know is Sam Lovett a dude or not a dude? No. I think he's a dude. We haven't seen enough. It, I think she, he's a dude. I do. I do. I'm a big fan. <laughs> big fan. I'm – he might be. I just don't. I don't think I saw enough. And it's like if you're gonna give him, if you're gonna put him into a game. I feel like you got to make a point to like let's give him some actual run here. To your point, yes, I think the usage. You go back and and you know the Maryland game. What's the point? You know the the Michigan game. What's the point? You know I know he wants to play, and you want to. You, you're trying to keep guys happy. You want to keep him there. But I, you know, I think in hindsight they would probably go back and and, and alter the way they've used him um, because a couple of those games are just. I mean, it was pointless. I hate to say it, but I mean, like, if you're going to play him, play him, give him some more time. You know, they went into, the, you know, Nebraska saying that they're going to give him the third series of each half um, and possibly more. I've never heard of something like that. That is. Yeah, that was odd. And then the first series he gets, the, the third series of the game, they're they're pinned at their four-yard line. It's like, eh, okay, maybe maybe you make an in-game adjustment and say, okay, we, we, won't, we won't do it now. We'll, you know, get you a better situation, which, you know. To be fair, the the second or the third series of the second half was much better. They had the ball at the uh, thirty eight yard line in this, of Nebraska, so I thought he should have played more Saturday. Yeah, I didn't get. He throws the touchdown and then he's right back on the pine. Like, what was that? I Kane Hauser wasn't turning the ball over. Is basically the answer we got, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. You know, that's two straight turn free games for for Kaden, um, which is obviously important. It's a low bar too. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I think you wanted to see, I know, I mean, the fans want to see more of him, obviously, you know, give him a chance, see what he can do. Maybe just, you should have just started him last week. And I, I don't know. Um, there's, there's a lot of different ways you could go, but you know, he has shown, um, some potential, um, comes from a football family. He's got a nice, he's got a live arm. He's not afraid to run. So if, if he decides to sit out the rest of the year, Michigan State is going to, very, very interesting position. You know, he when he when he signed to come here, they were on pace to have four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. That became three when when Thorne left. You know, Kim's injured. Like Hauser is your healthy scholarship quarterback right now, and that's well. Depending if if Levitt sits out, it's Hauser and uh, walk on Andrew Scorfar, who has never played in the game, unless Noah Kim is healthy enough to come back. Which last week. Harlan said he was still probably a few weeks away. I mean, he hasn't even dressed for the last two games. So that's not an encouraging sign. Um, I mean, I don't even think I saw him on the field. Uh, you know, I, we wouldn't travel the, to Minnesota, obviously, if he was out. 
I don't even recall seeing him on the sideline uh, last week. So I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> having one healthy scholarship quarterback uh, with three games left to play is not ideal. And when three of those, two of those three games are against top 10 teams. Yeah, probably not ideal either. So I don't know. Well, it was, it was a, you know, maybe the, the win didn't mean a lot in the grand scheme of things. Obviously Michigan state's still buried in the basement of the big 10 bowl is unlikely, but you know, in terms of the program, in terms of the guys who are in the program, who are maybe going to be sticking around building for the future, I think it was a pretty big win uh, for them to get, just to kind of feel the taste of victory and be like, hey, we can do this in the Big Ten again. So uh, I do think it was big from that standpoint. They're heading to Ohio State this weekend, Matt. Number one team in the country, uh, primetime game. Ohio State's busting out some fancy uniforms. I don't know why they continue to hype this Michigan State-Ohio State game because it hasn't been close for a long time. Do they have any prayer of keeping this close? Well, I mean, you would just your hope would be to go back and look at history. You know, you look at go go look at 2015 or 98 or <laughs> you know, I will say. Um, so two years ago when uh when they went to uh to Columbus, you know, they were big underdogs, but that was also the eleven win season. So oh geez. I talked to three or four of the players that were on that 15 team. You know about kind of what how that all transpired and all that put together this story. <laughs> you know, kind of like here's what Michigan State can do. No, um, it has been a straight ass kicking <laughs> almost every year for seven years. Uh, this what was it the 16 game they probably should, you know that was the close one and improbably close one in in East Lansing. So I guess there's another another opportunity there, but. Um, no, they, they have been non-competitive, essentially. These games, you know, 17 over in the first quarter, 18. They didn't have any offense. It, it was, they, you know, it, game was a game, but Michigan State was incapable of scoring or moving the ball. 19 was first quarter good, then just dominated. 20 dominated. 21 dominated. 22, you know, it was just not even – Actually, you know, there's a good uh, a good question today. Uh, we talked to offensive line coach Chris Kapilovic and was asked, like, hey, you guys have been able to – you've had success against Michigan. Why hasn't that translated to Ohio State? And, you know, he gave an honest answer. He didn't brush it off. He said, you know, I think our guys have gone into the game thinking we had a chance against Michigan, and he's not so sure that it's been the case when they played Ohio State, which is pretty interesting. So, um, yeah, I don't know. They, obviously, you know, this is, you know, what a – what was the line last at, Kyle? Like 31? 31 and a half, I think. 31 and a half, which is the largest underdog Michigan State has been since the odd shark records dating back to the 90s. So, yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. Uh, this is a – I will say this is a different-looking Ohio State team. You know, this they don't have a Heisman Trophy candidate, top five draft pick at quarterback. you got – Arguably the best receiver in the country, maybe in Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, you've got, I mean, it's Ohio State. I mean, they got talent, you know, they got talent sitting on the bench. You know, they got talent not even dressing for games. Um, but they're not, they're not this high-powered offense, like, you know, with CJ Stroud or whoever throwing the ball around. And defensively, though, they're, you know, it's one of the best defenses in the nation. And it's a bode particularly well for Michigan State, which uh, has been offensively challenged, to put it nicely. It's going to be a challenge. Everyone knows that. It's Ohio State. But uh, I'd just like to see the team at least come out and maybe some of these young guys have, 
you know, compete with them for a little bit. Just don't roll over and get crushed. You know, that's, I think that's all Michigan State fans can ask for at this point. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, Matt will be in Columbus covering the game, I presume. Uh, Kyle will be all over the basketball game on Thursday, which is also on the Big Ten Network. Hopefully Michigan State can rebound from a disappointing season opening loss. That's going to do it. So for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time and go green.